Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. Are you a woman who's ready to excel in her career and her life? Are you ready to be a professional saleswoman by using your inherent qualities? Are you a woman who wants to be better prepared for a leadership position? Then you're in the right place. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. It's about women in business, work-life balance, leadership, and current events related to gender communications. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and challenged. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman is your connection to women nationally, internationally, and globally. So get comfy and see what the buzz is all about. Find out more at www.sellinginaskirt.com. Now, your host, Judy Hoberman, on C-Suite Radio. A few years ago, I was a sponsor at an event. I was given a table to sell books and would have a five-minute talk in front of the entire audience so they would know who I was and what I did. The person who was putting on the event had told me so many reasons that I should be there, which turned out to be less than half true. When I set up my table, he told me that I would not be allowed to sell my books because they were about sales and he was in sales. I told him that my book was about how men and women sell differently and not about the sales process per se. We went back and forth and he told me he needed to think about it. After about an hour, he said, okay, honey, you can sell your books. I have other ideas. So I did that. And then after listening to him speak, I realized I was not receiving a message that was being authentic. He was not authentic. And most of the women left before the first session was even begun. Well, not to waste too much time or anything on this event, but after lunch, he told the audience that he had a great idea. Remember, he told me he had other ideas. Here it was. He was going to release a new book on how to sell like a woman because he has four daughters and a granddaughter. So he's now the expert. Can you get any more authentic than that? So how many times in your life have you been told, just be yourself? This can feel especially tricky when you are facing challenges while others seem to be passing you by with their successes. Now you may think life would be easier if I were like, and you can fill in the blank with whomever seems to have the most attractive life at that moment. The truth is, the most common desire that I hear from women in business is to be treated authentically by the people they work and play with. Now, why are we not always comfortable in our own skin? 
Well, for starters, there's no shortage of negative, critical, and judgmental messages aimed at women. When we turn on the television, read newspapers or magazines, or surf the internet, we're bombarded with conflicting images and messages about our roles and values as women. Beginning as young girls, many of us create false limiting beliefs about ourselves, which only become more complicated as we get older. And then to muddy the waters further, the people we know and love us may also encourage us to develop limiting beliefs, not because they want us to have less or be less, or because they may truly believe that by lowering our expectations or shrinking ourselves, we'll be rewarded. It's a complicated issue. So how might you be more comfortable in your own skin? There's a few ways. The first is get in touch with your inner child. Now, most children don't care what other people think about them. They're generally happy and live in the present moment, at least until they're taught to confront and to conform to the mold of others' expectations. So challenge yourself to shed the mold, rediscover what makes you happy, and just do it. The second is you have to let go of those limiting beliefs. You have to train yourself to become aware of negative thoughts that stream through your mind. Even those that are seemingly harmless as, I'm so tired or it's too cold to go outside today, or worse, I'm not successful enough to do that. The third is follow your intuition. While life is not always a smooth ride, your intuition will help you steer you in the right direction that's best for you. And then fourth, relax. What's the worst that can happen? If you can, bring in some humor to take the edge off stressful situations. Let people see that you're human. Sometimes you can turn strained situations into something funny. It feels great to share a chuckle with somebody else. Try taking yourself less seriously. So those are the why reasons. What about what's in it for you? Well, first, you become a better listener. Instead of worrying about who you should be or what you should be doing, you can focus more on the present moment and the person speaking to you. Then you'll also be appreciated more because you're not trying to get to somebody to see you in a different light. When you're beginning and being the real you, the other person sees the real you and doesn't worry that you're putting on an act. And the third is you will be more relaxed. Trying to be someone you're not is exhausting. Being yourself takes no extra effort at all. Everything you do is real and you can't fake real. You're genuinely comfortable in your own skin and it shows. So let's move to being authentic in the workplace. Who am I? This is where you want others to know who you are, not who you want to be or pretending to be. You have to be yourself and share your story. This is how others will understand what makes you different than your competitors. Share your values as a company and what your mission statement is. But what is your story? Why do you do the things you're doing? You have to always remember your why and share it. This is the time to share your struggles, your triumphs, and lessons learned. If everything you share is perfect and rainbows and puppy dogs, how authentic is that? People gravitate towards those that they can relate to. And how well do you relate to those that have a seemingly perfect life? If you have a team that you work with, they too should share the story as well. And even if it doesn't feel great, you still need to share it. When you aren't feeling enough or you feel the imposter syndrome starting to enter into your storyline, stay true to yourself and your business. People want to do business with those they like and trust, and they want authenticity. If you're promoting something that doesn't look or feel like you, people will see right through you. You want to take how long it will take a customer to be your customer if that happens? Not very long. And knowing who you are, what your business stands for, and how to share, that's the basis for a successful and authentic business. Having your team share the company values will give your culture of authenticity that will continue to grow and prosper. Compromising your values is the easiest way to step out of your authentic self, so make sure that you're firm in your beliefs. You'll create a long-term relationship with clients and partners and your reputation Well, that will be one that others will continue doing business with. As Brene Brown said, 
Authenticity is the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. We're going to take our break and thank our sponsor, Walking on the Glass Floor. But when we come back, you're going to hear from my special guest who will share her thoughts of being authentic. This is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio, and we'll be right back. What happens after shattering the glass ceiling? You're now walking on the glass floor. Walking on the Glass Floor, Seven Essential Qualities for Women Who Lead is a timely and indispensable business guide for all women, whether you're moving out of a dorm room or moving into an executive suite. Introducing readers to the seven keys to success in business and life, Judy Hoberman brings her fresh voice, sales savvy, and thoughtful approach to each of the essential and most powerful leadership qualities. Written in her trademark no-nonsense glass half-full prose, Judy's blueprint for business teaches all women how to cultivate and strengthen key skills that will serve them in both business and life. Uncover amazing qualities they already possess that will help them lead and succeed and harness universal leadership qualities to continue reaching their full potential. By providing authentic real-life case studies and inspiring quotes throughout, Judy fills each page with the timely advice women need right now. Walking on the glass floor is like having Judy Hoberman sitting right next to you as your business mentor, personal life coach, and best friend all at the same time. You can order your own copy of the book at walkingontheglassfloor.com. Welcome back to Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Now, my very special guest, Leanna de Bellevue. She's the owner of global marketing consulting company, social media strategist, and co-author of the Amazon international bestseller, Light at the End of the Funnel, a practical guide for business owners who are ready to step into success. She's helped clients from over 19 countries generate millions of dollars of sales using social media to connect and engage with their target market. The company she's worked with range from global conglomerates to real estate moguls and individual business owners looking to reach new untapped markets. She's spoken in front of thousands of entrepreneurs, business leaders, and decision makers from over 13 countries on topics ranging from overcoming success blockers to implementing social media strategies and business growth hacks. She's written for Huffington Post and was a guest speaker on podcasts by iHeartRadio, Real Estate, and Health Coach Academy, among several others. Her master's degree in psychology is one of her secrets to success, allowing you to understand the human psyche in order to connect buyers and sellers in a natural and authentic way. So welcome to the show, Leanna. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So first, let's talk about the discussion of the day, authenticity. What do you think when you hear about that? I think that it's something a lot of people strive for, but I think it's something that a lot of people are afraid to actually step into. Why though? Why, why, why are we afraid to be authentic? <laughs> I think because there is a level of vulnerability. And in today's society where we're online all the time and everything's supposed to be looking perfect, you know, I think we can all relate to that that one person on social media who posts all their problems and people eye roll and they're like, oh God, okay, you know. And it's trying to find a balance between sharing your wins and sharing your losses and not being too polarizing on either end of it. And I think that that's a hard balance to achieve sometimes. Okay. So when you want to be authentic, like I have clients, they'll say to me, I want to be authentic. Does authenticity need to be stated? I mean, does it, do you need a shout out that says, Hey, I'm being authentic today? No, I think it's something that people feel. I think 
authenticity feels really comfortable to other people's souls. If, if that makes sense to you, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you just, it's something that, you know, immediately. So definitely does not need to be a shout out. And I think sometimes authenticity doesn't always equate to something negative. I think when people see the term authenticity, they're thinking, oh, I've got to share my losses. I've got to share everything that went wrong. Otherwise people are going to think that I'm not being authentic. I have to, you know, paint this horrible picture sometimes. When we talk to some of our clients and we talk to them about authenticity, that's one of the biggest things that they state. We need our clients to think, or our potential clients to think that we've got it all together. Well, it doesn't mean that you're portraying this huge mess. It just means that you share the entire process, you know? Right. And you've learned from it and you've grown from it, right? 100%. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So with that said, I mean, we look and we see people on social media that are also touting that they went to sleep last night and in the morning they woke up to a million dollars in their bank account and 94 different speaking engagements and so on and so forth. And so there are others that come up and say, well, I'm not good enough and I'm not smart enough and I'm not this enough. And so I feel like an imposter. And we all suffer from that imposter syndrome at some point in our life, whether you're being your authentic self or not. But sometimes it does happen at the most inopportune times. So can you describe for our listeners who don't know what that is, the imposter syndrome, and what do we do to step out of that? Absolutely. So imposter syndrome to me and how it shows up in the people that I've spoken to is that negative self-talk reel that starts to play as you're beginning to grow and walk down your journey, right? It's that, who do you think you are to be telling them how to make six figures when you're not yet, or you've only done it once, or who are you to speak in front of this group of people who are more educated than you? One of the key indicators is when you hear that negative self-talk saying, who are you to, or who do you think you are? Anything that makes you take two steps back and think that you are not good enough. It makes you feel like, gosh, I don't know if I can talk to these people because I don't know everything about the subject. And therefore, I'm an imposter, right? I can talk about one slice of this pie, but I don't know all of it. And it's those moments that you kind of freeze. And a lot of people will walk away from great opportunities because they are feeling that someone's going to find out that they don't have all the answers or they don't have all the education or they don't have all the experience that maybe everyone expects them to have. But shouldn't you always have like a resource in your back pocket? So if somebody asked you a question and you weren't quite sure and said, you know, let me get back to you on that. And you have that person that will not only pick up the phone when you call, but also has the right answer as a resource and you get back to your clients. If we know everything and we're the smartest person in the room, we need to be in a different room because how do you grow? Absolutely. That's something I ask myself all the time is, am I in the right room? And I think it's an important question for anyone to ask themselves, right? There are times when you do want to be the smartest person in the room so that you can share your knowledge and help those people that might be two or three steps behind you take those two or three steps. Then I think it's our responsibility to step into a different room to where we can be fed and we can grow. And it's, it's a balance of giving back and receiving. Okay, so one of my books is called Walking on the Glass Floor, and it talks about the seven essential qualities of women who lead. Authenticity is one, and courage is another. Do you believe that being courageous is a leadership quality, and why don't more people talk about this? You know, I've been speaking a lot lately about the courage to fail. Courage is something that is a non-negotiable for success, I believe. You have to be willing to 
go into uncharted territory in order to get to that next level. We have to step out of our comfort zone. And if you're ever going to step outside of that zone, you have to have courage. And it's not about having the courage to walk the entire journey. It's about having the courage to take that next right step. So what does it look like having courage to fail? To me, having the courage to fail means that you are understanding that the people that you see, like you mentioned earlier, that woke up with a million dollars in their bank account, Mm -hmm. you have to understand that there's a backstory to that. Yeah, they may have woke up with a million dollars in their bank account, but they spent 3 million to get that million. Do you know what I'm saying? So if you have the courage to fail, you understand that there are going to be unknowns. You understand that anytime you fail, it's a redirection instead of a descriptor of you. It is just a way to pivot and get back on track. It's the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, giving you the option to start again with a new level of experience. So it's like plot twist. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. So tell us about your company, DeBellevue Global. I spent a lot of time on your website and you've got some great things going on. So tell us what's your primary focus. So our primary focus as a team is to help our clients get involved in social media with creating brand loyalty. It's not about one cell. It's about creating brands that stick and who get client testimonials and who grow in an organic way in a very inorganic world, right? Social media, you can buy likes, you can buy a reputation, you can buy all of these things. We work in a totally different way. We help our clients grow in a sustainable way. We tell people all the time, it is definitely a marathon. It is not a sprint when it comes to social media. So that's what my team does. We help clients from over 18 or 19 countries at the moment, really getting heard by their target market online. Me personally, I am able to step out of the actual day-to-day operations. And I am speaking more and more on that courage to fail and what it takes to be authentic in social media, especially when everyone is portraying their highlight reel. And that plays into the imposter syndrome, right? Because you just, you never feel good enough because there's always someone who is saying that they're doing it faster, better, and, you know, more sustainably than you could. So I've been asked to speak. I've got an event coming up in Arizona in a couple of weeks. We're going to London in January to speak. We have another event, Publicity Con uh, in Austin in March. So most of my time at this point is speaking while my team is developing amazing brands for clients. Well, congratulations on that. And speaking is actually one to many. So, it, you know, so your message is getting out even wider than, you know, one-on-one on one-on-one. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but many times people are so consumed with how many likes they receive on social media. So tell us the the myth buster here. Are you better off having a hundred thousand likes or, you know, a thousand people that are engaged with you? I know there are so many people in our industry that will tell you that a hundred thousand likes will get you to a whole new level of visibility. That is if you have a hundred thousand who are engaged, the word and the king of the game is engagement, right? It is better to have 1,000 followers and every time you post something, you've got 8, 10, 12 likes, right? Then to have 100,000 followers and every time you post, you get no engagement. So 
Facebook is, you know, it's a business. So many people, because it's free to have a personal page, you forget that they're running a business, right? So Facebook looks at what brands have engagement, right? They want to please their clients. Their clients are the consumers of the newsfeed, right? If it's not good content, they're not going to post it. If you Mm -hmm. have a thousand people and you have a high level of engagement every time you post, guaranteed your post is going to get seen by more people. I know we all see those posts that our friends do that go, only 2% of my friends see this. If you see this, please say hi or like or something along those lines, right? It's just not true. If you have a high level of engagement, we have some clients that have three, four, 500 followers. And they get more visibility than some of our clients who have well over a million followers. What about LinkedIn? LinkedIn is, you know, it is more of the, I'm using air quotes here, professional platform um, for social media. Is that a better place to get more engagement? And is it also a better place to find your, you know, your target people in business? We always advise our clients who are B2B, business to business, to have a profile on LinkedIn with the very strategic posting routine behind it. It's all about the strategy. We always remind our clients that social media is just that. It's about being social, right? It's like dating someone. Everyone is getting to know each other. You're trying to figure out, do I like you? Do I want to see more of you? How does this work? What do you have to offer me? What do I have to offer you, right? A lot of times LinkedIn, especially recently, feels like speed dating. You accept a friend request or a connection request. And next thing you know, they're in your inbox without knowing anything about you, telling you, here's how I filled my funnel. Here's how I got all these clients and it feels really yucky to me. That's, I know it's not a super professional word, but (laughs) it's very professional to me, but, (laughs) but you know exactly what I, what I mean when I say that it just feels gross. And we always tell people you can't do that. So for LinkedIn, we always tell people who aren't our clients, you know, who are doing it themselves. What you want to do is type typically a three to one ratio. So three pieces of content that give value and don't say anything about you, right? I read this great article. It could help entrepreneurs who are struggling with this, right? It's providing content. And then every fourth post, it's, hey, this is what I'm doing. And then ask a follow-up question. What are you doing? You know, here's how we solve this problem. Do you guys have any other ideas as to other methods that might work? So you're asking Mm -hmm. questions. You're getting that engagement up. You're building your you're building your credibility. LinkedIn is very competitive when it comes to building credibility. Facebook, Instagram, the other platforms, not so much. So LinkedIn has a very different strategy. And we always tell people, do not message someone with selling yourself, no matter how bad you think they need your product without having a conversation first. Uh, I'm so glad you said that. I had um, somebody had asked to link in with me and I have a lot of followers and I always check to see like who we have in common. So we could have a conversation and we had a number of people in common. So I said, yes, within, I swear, within one second of me hitting, okay, I got this long email in the, in my message. And it said something to the effect of, I would like to create a website that you're proud of. That's how we started. 
Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, he doesn't know who I am. He has never looked at my website. He doesn't know what I do or anything. So I responded and said, you know, why would you think that I'm not proud of my website? And I do believe that when you're dating somebody, you shouldn't go right in for their proposal to marry them. Exactly. exactly. Right. And he, and he just, all he said to me was, well, I, I wasn't charging anything right then. And I'm like, okay, you are missing the point. Right. So if you do want to address somebody that you do have something that is important, is it as simple as what you're saying, you know, do three that three posts that are, you know, generic, but important, and then one about yourself? Or what is a, a good enough way where you are kind of sort of building a relationship before you get married? So I'm going to use your, your website example. If I was this guy, okay. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you said that, the first thing I thought of was, how does he know you don't love your website? Right. Right. And to be honest, I'm very proud of my website. I'd be offended if someone had said that to me, even if there were a thousand holes in it, if I love it and he doesn't know that about me now, I'm totally turned off. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. for example, if I looked at your website and I saw that there were some areas that I think we could be helpful in, right. I would post content like five ways to know if your website is working how to do basic SEO on your website. And then I would inbox you, right? Hey, I posted some content this week. You're an important follower to me, or I'm glad we're connected. Would you mind giving me your feedback? Do you think that the information I'm posting could be helpful to other business owners like yourself, right? It doesn't say I don't like your website. It's Mm -hmm. asking you to help me. People are very, very helpful, right? And it's giving you a level of importance. I really would love to have your feedback because I'm trying to reach other business owners like yourself, right? So you go, you read it and you go, wow, out of these five things that my website has to have, I only have two of them, right? Now it starts a conversation. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. And you know, people just take it for granted because we're now connected, right? That I can say whatever I want to whomever I want and get away with it. Exactly. 100%. So it's a conversation in an organic way. And it's actually, you know, I don't charge for a review of your website. If you want me to do that, I would gladly do that for you. How can I help? Exactly. And you feel that's a much softer approach, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So tell us about your book, Light at the End of the Funnel. What made you sit down and write it? And what is your, you know, what's the goal of the book? Well, it was a collaborative book. So I was approached by a friend of mine who uh, really wanted to have honest conversations with entrepreneurs about how you get started, how it is peaks and valleys, and have a conversation that not too many people are willing to have. You read my bio at the beginning and it sounds you know, pretty impressive to your average person. But what's not in there is how many times I submitted something to the Huffington Post and I got rejected or what I did when I landed a huge client and they ended up being my nightmare client. So it's really about the true journey of entrepreneurship. And that, again, if someone says they had a six-figure launch in three days, From a professional standpoint, I know that their ad budget had to have been astronomical. So don't compare yourself to people who are, you know, maybe 10 steps ahead of you, how to honor your, where you are in your journey and understand that the peaks and valleys happen to everyone and steps to kind of get through when you are in those darker moments. 
Okay. So it's really more about understanding like what your goal is. And, you know, because I know as an entrepreneur, I also wrote a book about it because I made every mistake in the book, including all the ones that people talk about. And then I even made up some new ones. That's how many mistakes I made. That's awesome. Right. You know, and I truly believe that what happens is these overnight sensations are really 20 years in the making. Absolutely. And People don't want to, they don't want to go there. They want to say, oh no, oh no, I know Leanna did it overnight. I want to be just like her. And that's not the truth. And so then we go back to authenticity again. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. So what kind of advice would you share with women who are in leadership positions? I would say to find or create a network of other forward thinking female leaders whether it means that you're the CEO of a, of a company, if, it, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're you know, aspiring to be whatever, find other like-minded women and just create a safe place for everyone to encourage one another and to pour back into one another and to you know, clap when you succeed, but pull you back up when you, when you struggle. That has really been a life-changing thing for me and transformative for my business. Yeah, I think that's perfect advice. I always tell people, give yourself, you know, the time to wallow in it. It's okay because you need to. Yeah. But then give yourself a time limit to get back up. Oh, yeah. You have. Otherwise, people will be under their blankies on watching Netflix with a a bucket of ice cream for the next four weeks and thinking that it's okay. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I think the other thing that I wish I had known in the very beginning, but I did not find until I had a group of women who were very supportive of me was when I did have something that I was struggling with or a quote unquote fail. They didn't allow me to go down that rabbit hole too far. They Mm -hmm. had me write a list. And this is advice I give to everyone. When you have something that does that does not work out, take a piece of paper and two columns. The first column is every single thing that went well or that didn't break. That is every like minute details, right? The email heading was perfect. The email was sent out to the right list. The email had a decent open rate, whatever those are, right? And then in the other column, you write down what did not go well. And there's two reasons to do this. The first is because it kind of puts in perspective, wow, 18 things went well and two didn't go well. So it's not a complete failure. And it kind of gives you a little bit of perception change and it helps you to become in problem solving mode. Because the second aspect of that is to look at the things that didn't work and reverse engineer them. Okay, it didn't work well. Here's why. And here's how we can ensure it doesn't happen next time. That empowers people to know that if I'm forced into this situation again, here's what I will do differently. And here's how the outcome should come. And it just really changes how you see failure. And it doesn't, it prevents me from being under the covers eating ice cream, right? Because then I'm like, okay, these two things I can deal with. And I'm really happy that these 18 went well. Okay. So we need to apply that also to when you get feedback you know, because you can, you can speak in front of, and you're doing a lot of speaking. So you can speak in front of, you know, let's say a thousand people Mm -hmm. and 999 are saying, Oh my God, you're the best thing. And you taught me so much. And I have so much to implement, blah, blah, blah. 
one person says to you, oh, I didn't think the information was relevant. You just immediately turn to that one person. $9.99, loved you. One person, not so much. So I think that's great advice. And I think that we all need to use that in many instances in our lives. Yeah. I use it with parenting. I use it with like, there's nothing that I don't apply that to. Trust me. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So how can our listeners get connected with you? Absolutely. They can find us on all of the social media channels under DeBellevue Marketing. If you want to connect with me personally, it's under L DeBellevue. Our website is debellevueglobal.com. You can see what we have coming up. You can utilize our free social media. We'll do a evaluation for you, let you know what you're doing really well, give you some areas of improvement. So there's a lot of different ways to get in touch with us, uh, depending on which of the ways you are interested in learning more about us. Awesome. Well, Leanne, I want to thank you so much for sharing the mic with me. You've got great information. You're very easy to listen to. And I know that people will do well with working with you. So I'm excited to stay connected and create some adventures together. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. And I want to leave everyone with this quote. Authenticity is not needing external approval to feel good about your actions. I thank you all for listening to our discussion where we share some extraordinary guests, some ideas for your business and ways to stand out as the amazing women that you are. And make sure you stay connected with us. And remember, women want to be treated equally, not identically. Until next time, this is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Holberman on C-Suite Radio. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.